Good morning, good morning, everyone. You know, recent studies show that burnout is on the rise. But I have a question for you. Who owns the responsibility for burnout, for this morale-depleting condition that is apparently rampant right now uh, in our society? Who owns the responsibility for it? Today on the Coffee with Rhonda show, we are going to shine a spotlight on burnout as we learn to lead above the grind. We are excited to be back for another episode. Welcome to the Coffee with Rhonda show. And this is your cup full of inspiration, revelation, and wit for today's savvy leader. So today is episode 58, and we will be shining the spotlight on burnout. Before we get started, we know there's a few housekeeping things. If you're out there and you're watching, tell us where you're watching from. And don't forget to tell us what's in your cup. We also would like for you to take a moment to like or share the video and don't forget to comment. You know, your comment powers our discussion and our conversation. So we also have a big, big ask as you're sharing the video, there is someone else out there who might be experiencing burnout, invite them into the conversation as well. Finally, a big shout out to those that joined our YouTube family this past week. So Pamela, Leticia, D. Terrell, Elizabeth, welcome. Thank you all for subscribing to the channel. Now, my name is Rhonda Y. Williams, and I am your host for the show. And I am what I call an R soul, a recovering stressed out leader. Today, I'm an elite leadership development expert, and I help you develop the leadership mindset and career style habit to get results for today and long-term success. So I am excited today. Let's see my cup. And my cup, I've got my little initial cup here. So it's got a little R on it. It's all gold and cute little gold foil. And uh, in my cup today, um, I have my coffee with my almond um, coconut creamer, and just a dash of ginger. So that's me. Let's go around. We'll introduce our co-host, and then we're going to come to our guest for today and have him introduce himself. So first, let's come to you, Miss Roz. Good day to you. And what do you have in your cup? Well, I have to be honest. I have a freezy. I don't have any tea or anything. I, I wanted some <laughs> sugar this morning. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I love it. It's okay, Roz. That's do what you. I want. Do, do okay. you, guys? <laughs> so, so, so who are so, you, anyway? For those of you who don't know, 
I don't know why you don't. But anyway, I'm Rob Jones, the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, where we help expand the life of your loved one. Why do I do it? I do it to help the caregiver to reduce the SOS on their journey, which is being stressed, overwhelmed, and providing safety and security. We provide four levels of specialized care, center homemaking companion, home health aid, and certified nursing assistant. Let's say it all together. When you can't do it all, Give her a call. I like that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Roz. Marae, good evening to you. Good morning, everyone. And it's evening for me, tuning in from Perth, Australia. This is Marae, the greatness engineer. And I am all about greatness, as you can imagine, making sure people understand that they are unlimited and focusing on women in male-dominated environment. So today I'm on caffeine because I have the grandkids I had to stay awake, so I have the caffeine today. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Caffeine in your cup today. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right. So over to you, Nathaniel. Welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about you and who you are, and then tell us what you have in your cup. Yes. uh, My name is Nathaniel Brown. I am a speaker, co-author, and a coach as well. I am... I like to think of myself as an intuitive life coach where I listen to the subconscious mind and then I administer reprogramming factors that help people shift the way they're thinking uh, from the subconscious level. So I'm also a uh, emotional uh, practitioner where I help people release emotional bonds to subconscious thoughts that run as programs in the background. Um, my, my style is very inspiring. I'm not as much motivating as I am, uh, inspirational where I like to dig deep. So I'm, I'm just a, I'm, I'm a well, I consider myself a well of information and a well of tool sets and skill sets that I can help, uh, my, uh, anyone that encounters me in a way, uh, to shift them from where they are to where they want to be. And what's in my cup is, um, I have a mason jar. Okay. And that is spirulina. So that is a photosynthesis built microorganism from the ocean. It's actually 70% natural protein from sunlight and it has all of the nine essential amino acids in it. It's also a blood and organ cleanser and you can use it as a detox as well. So I I drank that. I got a little bit of lemon juice in there and one of the uh, got one of the dry tablets because the raw uh, stuff hadn't shipped yet. So, yeah, that's what's in my cup. Right. I don't know if anybody's ever had spirulino in their cup on the show before. So now I feel like no. I'm <laughs> outside the this show. Is, yes, not on the show. This is my detox right here. I know that's right. You better detox it. <laughs> I know that's right. All right. So, Nathaniel, do you buy spirulina that way, or does it yeah. take two hours to put it together? And no, get- actually, you buy it that way. So, the co- the company that I got this uh, tablet from is a company called TLC Total Life Changes. Um, I I bought I I became a member of it so I can buy the products and get you know products to my family. But some of the things that they have it's really good stuff. So I use that when I can't get the raw stuff. Now there's a company in Florida called Raw Living Spirulina. I I had an opportunity to meet them and set through an 85 slide presentation of all the benefits, the science behind it, and uh, I started ordering from them. They they harvest it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they ship it out. Uh, at the end of the week so it's harvested every it's fresh every time you get it and it's hard it's sent to you refrigerated so yeah 
Yeah. Wow. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. All right. So Regina's out there says, good morning. This is Regina in Texas and I have coffee and homemade limeade in two mm. different cups. Okay. No, that's right. <laughs> it's two different cups, one for each hand, right? That's, that's uh -huh. all right. All right. So let's get started today. So as we get into our discussion um, today, we're going to be talking about burnout. And there are some crazy statistics out there showing up about burnout. Um, particularly, I think we can all sort of understand that we are in the, the still in the midst of this pandemic. It is not over yet. And uh, and many industries are experiencing burnout. So I want to share, I want to start, uh, I'm going to save our quote till later, but I want to start by sharing some statistics um, on burnout. Um, and let's see, before I share the statistics, let's do this. Let's talk about, get some clarity around what burnout is, right? Let's all get on the same page about what burnout is. And there are some official definitions of burnout and there are um, the World Health Organization now recognizes burnout as of a couple of years ago as an official diagnosis, right? And, and I think that's significant for, for a while. It was just something we talked about. And now they are beginning to officially recognize it. So here they say are the three components or facets of burnout. How uh, we describe uh, what burnout is, um, and I I will say that while it talks about burnout in relation to work, it could be anything, right? It could be anything in your life. People, uh, stay-at-home moms, burnout, um, artists, um, you know, actresses, actors, uh, other uh, celebrity folks uh, in the, sort of in their world, burnout, right? So burnout can can affect us at many different places. So with that, let's talk about some of the burnout statistics. And I want you all, as I share these statistics, take a look and decide if there's one that resonates, because I want you each to choose one uh, to just sort of expand on a little bit, maybe from your perspective, why you think this one is important. So here are some statistics around burnout. 41% are planning to quit or change jobs in the next six months. 54% of workers say they feel overworked. 39% say they are exhausted. 62% of women in the US and Canada report feelings of stress compared to 52% of men. And over the course of this past few years, they say they've added 48 minutes to their workday and increased the number of meetings by 24%. And 70% now claim to work on weekends. So as you're thinking about which one of these you want to expand on and touch on uh, on the panel, I highlighted this last one because this is striking to me. So while we have all of these statistics where folks are saying that this is how I'm feeling, right? Uh, I'm planning to change or quit my job. I'm feeling overworked. I'm feeling exhausted. 61% of the leaders surveyed claim that their people are thriving. 61% of the leaders claim that their people are thriving. So 
Let's talk about this a little bit. Dive into um, the one that you feel um, is really important or the one that resonates with you. And uh, Nathaniel, I'm going to come to you uh, first on this. And I know you have some of your own experiences uh, with it as well. Yeah, so I really like number two and number, uh, the, I think it was number eight that, that was highlighted, um, where you have the, the dichotomy between the people saying that they're overworked and the leader's perception that they're thriving. And I think the, the lack of understanding, the lack of comprehension on both sides, I think it's important to bridge that gap between leader and those that are sort of like in the, the subcategory in, in the organization. Because what happens is, I've, and I've heard this so many times where uh, a coach or some sort of con uh, consultant comes into a company and they start polling the workers first. And you get the truth when the leader is out of the room because they don't feel like they're going to be smashed on or anything like that. They're not, they, don't, they, don't, they don't feel like they're going to be, you know, like reprimanded for the fact that they had to tell the truth about how they feel. So you have how someone feels and then you have the perception of what really is. And the idea is to try to get both parties in the room. I think it's very important that this whole ideology of, OK, the numbers look good, so the people must be doing well among leadership has to, that has to dissolve. Are the people thriving? Your profit margins will rise when your people are thriving. The most innovative thing any leader can do in his or his or her organization is to innovate a team of people that share the vision and where people feel like they're invested. See, like burnout comes from where, where there's no investment. There's no real investment or there's an oversaturation of investment without a return. So it's like you're giving all this energy, but you're not making any traction and momentum. It's look, look at look at the, look at a car when they do a burnout. They're giving it all kinds of fuel. The tread on the tire is rubbing against the asphalt as it should. But because of the way they're handling the mechanism, they aren't able to make any trajectory towards anything because they're burning out. You're actually losing tread, burning fuel, losing energy, and you are perceived to be going nowhere extremely fast. And that's where the 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 61 percent that's sitting there showing off like, yeah, I got this really cool car and this really cool organization. And we're making a lot of noise because, because we've got loud pipes but we're not making any traction. And without traction, you can't have thriving. Mm. I hope that helps. It does. Thank you. Thank you for that. And, and I love the analogy of the burnout with the car, right? Because because uh, it is a little bit like that when you're um, burning out. I want to acknowledge um, Shauna. Hey, Shauna, thanks for tuning in. Shauna says, the only thing that helps me is exercise and eating right. So when there is a break in those good habits, I'm in trouble. And you alluded to this, uh, Nathaniel, when you were talking about that overinvestment, right? That you are giving it all you've got, all you've got, and all of a sudden you don't you don't got nothing. Because right? you've given it all away and you don't have a lot more. So Marae, right. let's come to you, which uh, maybe hold on, Marae. Let me go to Roz first in case she's gotta uh, engage in something. Roz, um, which one of those uh would you like to touch on? Let's see if we've got good signal where you are. Uh, yeah, I think your I think your signal's a little choppy, Roz. So I'll come back to you, Marie. Yeah, I think I mean the one who relate uh, 
most to me, I think it's the working, working mothers. We, we, you know, as women and as you know, probably, you know, Rhonda is we really want to look like we are superwoman. We want to be the best at, you know, at work. We want to be the best at, at home. And we end up being completely burned out. And, uh, and we really need to prioritize and, and be okay with not performing in one area because I think that's that's the problem. We, we're not okay to, to actually underperform. And sometimes you need to underperform in an area to be able to balance the, yourself and be happy where you are and not get into this burnout zone. And, uh, and, and I, I have struggled with that, especially when I started to have children. I mean, you have to take care of the child at night and then you have to go to the office and then working in a male-dominated environment. Sometimes they don't understand that, you know, you have to go through it. So you don't want to show this vulnerability. You still want to compete and you end up burning out and it's not helping anybody because you dropped all the balls at work, at home, with the kids, and, you know, you lose, you know, on, on all sides. It's very important to get, you know, this priority, but be okay with not being, you know, with not delivering to the maximum in every single area in your life. Marae, I think that what the point that you're making is so important. So there's this external pressure that comes from this uh, sense of guilt or mm -hmm. shame or how others are going to perceive you or judge you as not being, you're not carrying your weight, you're not as a part of the team because you're not working 60 hours or 70 mm -hmm. hours like the rest of us, right? So there, there's that aspect of it also um, that's so important. And when you're trying to do everything, you know, mm -hmm. it's the same like they say with multitasking, right? When we're trying to do absolutely everything at one time, we end up doing nothing. Effectively at one time. So, but the one, the one that uh, stood out for me is there's one. Actually, there's two that talks about the additions. We've added 48 hours to our workday, um, and we've increased the number of meetings. So we're adding this extra stress and pressure in environments that are already tense and a little bit chaotic, or whatever might be going on in the different areas. So we're adding and adding and adding. And at some point, you can only add so much. Healthcare is facing this right now. There are um, mandates in the United States, and we were talking about this backstage. There are mandates happening in the United States in healthcare where uh, a lot of hospitals are saying all of our people have to be vaccinated because of some of the government regulations, et cetera. Well, large portions of the workforce are pushing back and saying we're not getting vaccinated. And you know what? We're okay with that. We're just going to leave. So now what does that do to those that are remaining behind, right? What is the level of burnout that they are facing? And my question is for the leaders, and I'm going to pose this to Marae and, and uh, Nathaniel, what should the leaders be doing right now before we ever get to that burnout stage, right? What should I be doing as a leader knowing that I'm getting ready to be in a position where my people are, are going to be overworked and overtaxed? Is there anything I can do uh, as a leader right now? Uh, Nathaniel? Absolutely. The first thing to do is I'd say the leader needs to check the alignment of the organization. Nothing can move properly without a proper alignment. As a matter of fact, that word is used in, um, 
in the scriptures, I don't know if anybody has ever read the bread, the Bible, but I read it from time to time and I use it as a, as a tool. But um, in Ephesians, it talks about the leadership being positioned in a way, being perfectly joined together to equip the saints. Right. That word equip is the word to adjust the bone. It's a, it's a Greek terminology that's connected to chiropractic uh, care. It literally means to. So like what happens is the leadership needs to check the alignment again, reassess. Are you aligning with the goals, the original mission statement of the organization, or where did you veer off? If you get back to that point, and then you can restart again, because all you're doing is building a new house with old principles anyway. But you get back to the alignment. Where, where are we? Where are we going? And how do I make sure we get there? So those three, those are the main three questions. Again, your GPS systems can't work unless you're willing to be located. Right. So the leadership has to locate themselves, themselves, not the organization, not the people working, but themselves, because as is the leader, so goes the organization. It goes that way. It doesn't happen any other way. So the leadership has to be innovative. Whoever that person or persons are, they got to be innovative. The most innovative thing they can do is produce a team of people that share that vision. That's where that innovation comes. That's the first product of any leader, a team. Once that happens, when that team is built by the leader first, now you have people who are now invested in productivity. The profit comes with productivity. The productivity comes after innovation and innovation comes after the leadership is established proper alignment. That's what I call lip syncing, L-I-P-P, lip syncing. Lead, innovate, produce, profit. Wow. So I love what you said as, you know, uh, as the team goes, as the leader goes. Um, mm -hmm. And that is important because I'm going to come back to that point in just a moment. But Marae, um, what do you think the leader should be doing uh, in order yeah. to uh, sort of head this off while it's coming? I, I totally agree. I mean, they have to put all the cards on the table and engage with, you know, engage with the, the rest of the their staff to understand, you know, uh, what can be done, what are the gaps and how, you know, those gaps are going to be filled if they can be filled. Otherwise, you know, nothing can, can happen. So there's a reassessment, and I agree with Nathaniel here, there's a reassessment that they need to do. And uh, they probably, get, from this reassessment, they will have to work differently uh, based on the the new goals and the new thing that they can actually achieve with the you know the remaining of the staff that are still in the organization. Otherwise, I mean, if they still want to go for the same goals with less people, it's going to be chaotic, and they're probably going to lose more people. So they really have to engage seriously with uh, with their staff to know what can be achieved, what are the limitation. And, and really put this vision at every single level so people understand where they have a role to play and what are the limits so that they can, they can actually follow uh, the vision that is established. And I think that's, that's the only way they can, they can actually have something that can work. You know, I, I agree. It always goes back to the leader reconnecting with their people. Right. And mm -hmm. understanding where their people are. And as leaders, the 61 percent that believe that their team was thriving. Is that really accurate? And how did you how, how did you get there? How did you arrive at that conclusion? Because the, from my perspective, what I see is leaders have to be willing to have these tough conversations. And 
uh, as they say in the in the courtroom. I'm not sure if they say this in the courtroom, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, <laughs> don't ask questions that you don't want the answers to. Oh, yeah. Right. And I think that's what happens with leaders. So we don't ask those hard questions because I don't want the answer because I don't know what to do with the answer when I get it. So if I say to my team, how are you all doing? And they all freak out on me and say, we're stressed, we're overwhelmed, we're tired, we can't do this anymore. As a leader, I'm thinking, what am I going to do with that? So you know what? I'm just not going to ask that question. I'm going to get everybody a pizza party. Yeah, it's been a busy day. Hey, guys, here's pizza. Thanks for working hard. And I'm going to keep it moving. But that is not an effective strategy. And I think behaviors like that lead to the great. Uh, right yeah. and, and I think leaders are actually uh, leaders when they are challenges, because that's that's when you get tested. That's when you see you, we can see that you have leadership because if everything is OK, then that's fine. We can all be leaders. But uh, as, as a leader leading an organization, you really have to stand up when those challenges are coming in. Become, even if you don't have the answers, you can ask the answer to your, to your staff. They are, they are there to help you. You don't have all the answers as a leader. So that's, that's really what we need to understand as leaders. We don't have all the answers. The question, the challenges are posed to us but we have, you know, we have people, we have a, a tribe that can help, you know, anybody can have an input and, and, and help the, all the, the full group to, uh, to move forward. I love that, Mairead. Uh Nathaniel, I saw you reacting to that because sometimes as leaders, we think, well, that's why I'm getting paid the big bucks, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm supposed to come up with the answers and we put that extra pressure on ourselves. But should we do that? Absolutely not. That's the purpose of the team. Steve exactly. Jobs said, says this. He says, it doesn't make sense for me to hire somebody and then tell them how to do their job. I hired them because they're smarter than me in that capacity. You're not looking to be the smartest person in the room. You're looking to be the best connector. That's what the leader is, is to be. How do I connect a task with the right individual so that I ensure that this tactical plan of getting this thing done gets done without hesitation, without any distractions. That right there is how you form that tactical plan. And leaders have to be authentic and relatable in order for that to happen. Like you were just saying that vulnerability is key. I was talking, uh, I, I did a presentation or I formed a presentation about how leaders are to serve. And two key factors of service is be authentic and relatable and be accountable and responsible. And that entails you getting involved, being being concerned about what's going on in the lives of in the lives, not just in the workplace, but in the lives of the people that you're supposed to be leading, because they're bringing that stuff with them. Not everybody is able to subcategorize personal life and business life. Some people, because of the, 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 the way they're made up emotionally, they carry everything with them. So a leader has to be adept in communication to allow space for these things to happen, for these people to be, to be fully expressed. And when people feel like they have space to express themselves within a confined environment, then they're thriving. That's thriving. Thriving is the ability and the freedom to express without constraint. So that she hit it right on the head. Vulnerability is key. Without vulnerability, there's no trust. And without trust, you can go ahead and say goodbye to your organization. You know, it's so interesting. I love where this conversation is going. As I was preparing um, for this discussion, I came across a, a quote that said, 
managers play the biggest role in actually helping to improve worker well-being throughout all levels of organization. The context of the quote was we were talking about the executive level and then the manager level. And they were actually saying the executive level is important in setting the direction, the vision, et cetera. However, that manager level, the frontline level that's touching the majority of the staff is the one. They are the group that will determine the overall wellness of your organization. So I found that to be really, really striking and very powerful. I agree. I agree because they are the manager is the voice, sort of like Aaron to Moses. The manager is the voice of the leadership. And that's they're, they're in that stead. They're that face. And they can be a buffer for if leaders are a little bit harsh or a little bit, you know, crass or they're a little rough around the edges and they're like from the old school. So they say it straight and they're not as, you know, adept into the way modern day communication has kind of evolved into a very it's been a, it's, it's a little bit softer than it was when I was growing up. You know, you, you might got kicked in the pants from the older gentleman and that you were working with, but you knew that you need to get your act together. Okay. I need to get together. Well, you can't do that. You know, okay. In an organization now you got to be able to talk in a way and communicate in a way that says, Hey, I see you. I hear you. You're valuable. And this is what my expectation is while you're here on this team. And that's okay to do that, but it has to be done. You cannot, you cannot lead without that communication, without expectations. Nothing is getting produced. Yeah, I, I love that because communication is central and communication is not just speaking. Communication is listening. Absolutely. Communication is inquiring, not just giving all the answers, not just directing or telling. There's a saying that we use that telling doesn't teach. Right. You have to be able to shift gears as a leader. I want to make a distinction because maybe a part of why managers struggle and leaders in general struggle sometimes with burnout is because they don't recognize it in their people. So let's talk about the difference between stress and burnout. I'm going to put this on the street screen because when I saw this, I thought to myself, this is a clear differentiate. Some people are thinking, well, of course I'm stressed. It's really busy. And yes, but that kind of stress that you're speaking about isn't the same as burnout. Burnout is a whole different intensity. It's a whole different level, sort of like the difference between a headache and a migraine. For years, I would think that I thought that a migraine was just a bad headache. I didn't know any better, right? I, it was the only thing I had to compare it to. I thought, yeah, I've had bad headaches before. That was terrible until I had my first migraine. When I had my first migraine, I was like, whoa, that was yeah. next level. That yeah. was not a headache. Like I thought I was in a fetal position. I, I, I didn't even know what was happening to me. So so a headache and uh, when we think about burnout, I want people to think the difference between a headache and a migraine, right? It's those very, very different extremes. So take a look at this. Here are some ways that they say that stress is different from burnout. And I thought that this was a great illustration of it. In stress, they say that your emotions tend to be overreactive, where in burnout, your emotions tend to be blunted, almost subdued, like, you know what, I don't have anything else. Uh, in stress, they say this is a high um, energy kind of place. You tend to have this urgency. You're moving about more. You're go, go, go. Burnout is the opposite. It's more listless. It's less uh, active. Um, and there might even be a loss of motivation. Uh, you're, there's damage to the emotional side. I mean, there's just a huge difference between stress and burnout. So 
the question is, um, our leader, look at the last one between stress and burnout. It says stress may pre may kill you prematurely. Burnout may make life seem not worth living. Wow. Those are two completely different things, but both detrimental to you as an individual and to your psyche. So I'm going to ask if any of this stands out for either one of you. Is there anything on this list um, that resonates with you in terms of the differences between stress and burnout? And uh, Marae, uh, I'll start with you first. I think the detachment is is one that uh, sometimes we don't, you know, uh, we can't really analyze because I'm, at least when you're stressed, you express yourself and then people can see the energy and where it goes. But, uh, you know, when you have a detachment, you don't really express yourself, you, you completely, you know, flat out. People don't really know. I mean, is it burnout? Is it something else? It's so it's it's really very difficult to uh, to to interpret. I mean, uh, as far as uh, things are concerned, is it just you know because you you need to uh, take you know uh, some you know just look at things differently. So it's it's really difficult. It's really difficult to to get the burnout except you know if people are willing to talk about it because um it, it uh, it's uh, and I think it's still a taboo for a lot of a lot of people. They don't want to accept that they are burnout because you know when you reach this point it's you know you you really need to to pay attention to it and address it. And uh, in, in the context that we live in where, you know, they expect you to always be, uh, you know, productive and really go, 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 put, you know, all your effort because people glorify actually this uh, productivity um, to, the, to the maximum. And uh, by the time you realize it's just going to kill you, like, like what they've put for, for the stress and then the burnout will kill you slowly. The stress will kill you straight away, but the burnout will kill you slowly by the time you realize it's too late. And I think that's that's what is dangerous. It is dangerous. I, and I I think you're so right that we have this, there's this expectation that, you know what, there's something wrong with you. If you can't mm -hmm. handle this, then there's something wrong with you. So um, mm -hmm. Nathaniel, which one of those uh, stood out for you? I, I really, wow all of them were really good because they all they all hit a external internal factor um because I'm, I'm actually looking at this and i'm seeing into it much deeper i really like this but i'd say the overactive emotion and then the blunted emotion um it's it's about reward the issue in between there's 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 an invisible line in between this chart that i'm seeing and there's a reward factor that's not being met there's an expectation that that's not being met you're over engaged because you're looking for something back and when that thing is not given back then you disengage you are emotionally over overactive because you're putting your emotions in it that's your energy factor you're putting that in because you put nothing in that you don't expect something from then they're blunted when you don't get the reward the urgency the hyperactivity like i need to get this done and then when there is no support there's helplessness and hopelessness. There's a reward factor, the loss of energy because you've expelled a lot of energy. You put your foot on the accelerator and, and, your, and your foot on the brake at the same time and you're just giving it all you've got. And when there is no traction, you get a loss of motivation. 
loss of ideals, loss of hope. There's no reward. And you've burnt out energy. So now and then we have anxiety disorders because you're anxious about something good. That good thing does not happen. Now you're detached and depressed. These are responses to reward factors. And we're attached to having some sort of accolade or some sort of reward to whatever activity we're doing. So everything I'm seeing, all the, the physical damage, you engage physically, but you're not getting the reward. So now there's emotional damage because physicality and, and, and your emotions, they're, they're kind of connected uh, uh, neurologically, right? So something killing you prematurely and you don't have to be dead to be killed, right? So something kills your dream, kills your hope, kills your aspiration, and then life is no longer worth living. Again, that's a reward factor. So I'm seeing an invisible line in between all of this and where there is no reward, burnout is the byproduct of you of you engaging a stress with an expectation. And then when there's no reward, the internal complications of that, that, that need not being met comes to the surface. So burnout comes to the surface where stress sits in the depths. Mm, wow. Burnout comes to the surface where stress sits in the depths. That's deep. <laughs> well, and uh, and I, I, I have a quote that I'm going to show in just a moment that speaks to exactly what you picked up. And uh, that's very astute of you. You picked it up. And this quote is going to speak to it. But first, let me just do a quick commercial. If you're just tuning in, you're watching the Coffee with Rhonda show. If you haven't liked or shared the video yet or added a comment, we would certainly love to hear your feedback. Um, and then uh, you can always always represent by going to pick up some of the new swag that we have available. You can get a Coffee with Rhonda t-shirt or you can get a I Leave Above the Grind t-shirt. You can pick one of those up and get a chance to win a guest spot on the show. So here is uh, the quote. I'm, I was going to share it later, but I, I think it's really appropriate to share it now. So take a look at this. So this quote says, I have a theory that burnout is about resentment and you beat it by knowing what it is you're giving up that makes you resentful. That mm. speaks directly to what mm. you were speaking to. <laughs> yes, like, it's crazy. This wow. Because I'm working so hard and I expect, and then when I don't get what I expect, then I feel some type of way about that. Absolutely. All of these folks right now in the midst of the pandemic that are working super hard, long hours, um, even those working remotely have found that they almost have more stress because there's this this um, uh, disability to sort of inability to disconnect, right? So now because you're at home, people are like, oh, you're just, you've just been at home all day anyway. So I can text you at 9 p.m. at night and I expect a response because you've been at home all day. And so there's all of that happening and there's a lot of um, stress, overwhelm, and then that all of that leads to burnout. So mm -hmm. very cool. What do you think about that quote? I love that quote. <laughs> it's it's it, at this point, I don't know that it can it can be called a theory anymore. Now, at this point, with all the science and this conversation, we've just made that a fact. Uh, yeah, resentment is a byproduct of there not being a reward factor in the space of where you've engaged, and I think it's important to. Answer the question. Uh, like I was, I was, I, I do homeschool, and I, I partner homeschool with my wife, and uh, she teaches a couple of subjects, and I teach uh, history, math, and science to my little guy. Uh, he's seven, uh, so he's in second grade, and we were doing math problems, and I was explaining to him that math is a language, and I said, what you're trying to do when you're solving an equation in math is that you're trying to complete a sen sentence, 
And I said, the answer to any problem is a complete sentence. You have to word things in a way that completes the sentence as to what is actually going on. Two plus two equals blank is not a complete sentence. What completes the sentence is when you put four there. And then when you say it, two plus two is four, you've just made a complete sentence. So what you're doing is anytime you're solving a problem, you gotta break it down to a sentence. Why am I stressed? What am I resenting? What am I afraid of? These are complete sentences that have punctuations on the ends of them, whether they're questions or periods, they must be complete. Otherwise, you can't fully answer because what stress does is stress and, and, and burnout comes in and it causes fragmentations. So you're not saying things completely. You're breathing shallow and your breath is chopped up. So you're not even coming from the deeper wells of, of what you really need to say. You're not saying what needs to be said. You're not completing the sentence. And when you don't complete the sentence, then you can't necessarily uh, find an antidote to what's really going on because you won't say what needs to be said, whether it's me, whether it's my, you know, anybody that I talk to, I know that whenever I want to solve a problem where I'm stressed in a moment or I'm experiencing some, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm gonna get this done. And, I'm, and now I'm over-engaged and I'm overreacting and I'm critical and I'm cynical and all these things. I know I gotta ask myself a question. How can I be more productive? What is this stress producing for me? What has this come to teach me about me. That's a complete sentence. Once I complete that sentence and I answer it authentically, man, the world opens up. And burnout is no longer the byproduct of stress. Now productivity is the byproduct of stress. Stress Growth is the byproduct of stress. Uh, um, uh, momentum is the byproduct of stress because I was willing to take a breath, take a pause, and ask questions of the event. Wow. I love that. I love it. It's right, right. And I'm going to I love it because, you know, awesome. it's just important to step back, you know, especially when you, you start to be, you know, to feel it, to address it, step back. And, and really looking at what is the positive in all of this, because what is the learning? What can I get, you know, from it that is going to be positive, just like, you know, Netanel just said step back and sit, you know, yes, the challenges are there. Yes, I don't get the reward, but what can I get from it? Because, you know, it's important to reevaluate, step back and look at di in different angles and see how can I get through in a positive way. And that's really the, the important, important step to make. I love it. I love it. It, it, it is fantastic. So David had a couple of comments. He said, resentment means that you're vibrating at a very low level um, and uh, awesome. Ask questions of the event. And also, what will be the outcome? Absolutely. I love the complete sentence, uh, Nathaniel. So here's a complete sentence. Who owns burnout? Who owns burnout? Who is responsible uh, for burnout? If burnout is rampant in our society right now, uh, who, who owns that? And, and okay, so Nathaniel, let's come to you first. Who owns it? I'd say the person experiencing the burnout. If you're having the experience, it's yours. Um, life doesn't happen to you. Life happens for you and from you. You are here as a seed in whatever capacity you serve. And that seed has to have a certain environment for it to grow. That environment will inc include stress your response to the stress will determine whether you are burnt out or whether you have the power to be a negotiator. I was reading a book by um, 
by uh, Jordan uh, uh, Peterson, one of my favorite uh, uh, teachers and professors. And his book is called 12 Rules for Life. And he talks about the power of negotiation. And we can either be a slave. He said, we exist in three, three, three levels in any relationship with anything in, in, that we're in relationship with. He said, we, we are either a slave, a tyrant, or we're a negotiator. Mm-hmm. And after that, that really struck me odd. So I started studying up what, what negotiating really, really entails. And it's your ability to speak up for what's true, what, what's truly yours as a value. And you can't experience burnout if you're willing to speak up about what your value, what's valuable to you. So reassessing your values is very important. So I always like I like to lean into that that understanding. Okay, I, it's my responsibility. If I'm burnt out, then. I obviously have not negotiated somewhere properly. And if I'm burnt out, what have I what have I willingly enslaved myself to believe for me to be in the state that I'm in? There's there's always a belief. There's always something that you said yes to. What what did I agree to? What did I say yes to that or what did I say no to? That is now this is the byproduct. And I can either sulk, be depressed, I can I can live in the burnout, or I can take the moment that's stressful and allow it to help me write a new story. Mm, that is powerful. So so your belief is that if you are experiencing it, you own the experience. Therefore, burnout is yours to own. Marae, uh, would you agree or do you oh, have yes. Yes, because I, I think that we always in control in everything that we have we, we, we have in our life, any experience. I mean, I, I learned it the hard way, but I think that's a reality you choose how you react to what's happening to you. Either you, you take it as uh, you become a victim, and that's, the, I think, the slave uh, status that you are talking about, or you decide to say, okay, that's fine, that's a failure for now, but what can I do with it to, to get victorious and to get what I want and get where I want to be? And, uh, and that's, that's the most important thing. And it doesn't have to be... Uh, we, we don't have to get it straight away. And, and the, I come back to the fact that we have to accept those uh, shortcomings that are, that are associated with it and not, you know, associate ourselves with, with those shortcomings. Just see, we, we have to see the, you know, the full picture where we want to be. Yes, it might be chaotic in the, in, in the you know, in, in the process, but we shouldn't, we shouldn't associate ourselves with the cows we should associate ourselves with the end product and that's going to give us you know this uh strength that we need and avoid the, the burnout wow I, so you guys you are both coming from the same place that i i believe this deeply and i've had i've had some disagreements with folks about this who mm-hmm. believe that burnout is is owned by the organization and, and that uh, it's partly owned by the individual, but the organization also owns changing systems and processes and making it better for their people. And I completely agree with that. However, I am steadfast in my belief that it is always, hashtag, it is always you, right? That's the phrase that I use. Hashtag, it is always you. You mm-hmm. are in control of your life always. You get to decide if you're gonna remain there you get to decide if you're going to go into your manager's office and say, listen, we need to have a conversation because I don't think I can do this anymore. Right. You get to decide what your values are, what your boundaries are. Hashtag it's always you. My challenge with believing that the organization owns it 
it's now I don't have control. And that's never okay with me. Absolutely. Right. If mm -hmm. I don't have control, that means potentially this could never get fixed. Because what if the organization isn't motivated to fix it? Or what if they're not focusing on fixing it? That means you are forever in that victim place. That's not okay with me. I don't coach mm -hmm. my clients that way. It is hashtag, it is always you. You are making the choice. You're making the choice for your mindset, how you look at it, how you think about it, whether you choose to stay there. And I love what you said, Nathaniel, and um, how you negotiate it. Right, mm -hmm. life is a negotiation. It Go sure is. All the time. Mm -hmm. And how can you ever, ever be willing to be stuck in your own life? That is not okay with me, right? Um, we're not being stuck in our own life. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So if something is going well, it's up to us to adjust. Marae? And sometimes, you know, in organization, and I've seen it, some leader, they don't actually know if you don't speak out. So you have to always speak out. Sometimes they, they, you know, they, they just have regulation and things based on their own experience, but they don't have any feedback from, from their people. So you, we have to take you know, the lead and always feedback to our leaders and get the opportunity to take you know, the lead and sit down with them, feedback as well, because that's our responsibility if we don't want to get, to get caught into the stress and the burnout that uh, you know a certain environment or a certain situation can create in our life and that's that and that's the negotiation that's where mm -hmm. that's negotiating see like you can settle into slave and tyrancy and you can create that vicious cycle all you want and all you do is you'll have a return you'll have this like turnover in your business where you're always re, you know turning over employees someone always has to somebody's always leaving you have to keep filling a position so no one's ever actually there you, you don't have mm -hmm. anything going which means you're spinning the wheels you're not moving forward right so like it, the, the power of negotiation says okay i've got tread on this tire if i ease my foot on the gas in a way that's appropriate to the engine that's running this whole whole entire thing I will gain something called traction where these little treads on the tire grab the asphalt in a way that pulls the car or vehicle or whatever into the direction that you're focused in, bringing that balance of focus back in. But without negotiating those those small details, I was a personal trainer in a gym and I wasn't getting the kind of clients I wanted. And I was getting frustrated because I was like, they had me on the phones calling. I'm doing all the stuff. And I was in myself frustrated but never said anything and then mm -hmm. it dawned on me one day i was like well why don't i just speak the hell up i mean come on what are you doing and mm -hmm. i i went to my uh my fitness instructor i said okay here's the deal dude i don't feel like i'm being led well and we had a we had a we had like an hour-long conversation almost 45 minutes in his office and the next conversation we had was okay so how can we help you get to where you want to be what's your goal what's your number mm -hmm. I, I want this number and we started working together and once I got the tools, I was able to fully book out my, my, my clientele list. But it happened because I was willing to negotiate and not exactly. settle into being a slave and not even settle into being a tyrant because a tyrant is somebody who was a slave who's now complaining, right? They're, they're talking and now they're going to other people and creating uh, discord. And I don't want, I'm not that person. I'll keep it inside. But the more I'm frustrated, the more I keep talking about it in a way that's not harmonious, that means I'm, I'm still in control of it. I'm, I'm controlling the, the narrative. It's not happening because I'm not speaking up 
And you've got to be willing to speak up. If you're in an organization, if you're in a job, if you're in a, a relationship, whatever that is, it, that's not just because you're frustrated is, doesn't mean you need to end it. What needs to happen is a communication needs to be happening and understanding some comprehension needs to be on the table. And you need to negotiate what your values are and how you want to engage and how you expect to be engaged with. I guarantee you, you're not going to get the answer you're expecting. You're not going to get the push away. You're not going to get the door slammed in your face. What you're going to do is you're going to find an inviting human being on the other side of that conversation who, when you express vulnerability, you give them permission to be vulnerable with you. So there's this feedback, like you were talking about, this feedback mechanism. When we say what needs to be said, then we give permission for others to say what needs to be said. So if you're burned out in an organization, you want to talk to your leader, schedule time to talk to your leader. Also be okay with the leader saying what they're not pleased with about your performance because that, that vulnerability has to be there. Okay, you're frustrated and this has caused how you show up, but how you're showing up is now causing an issue in the business. How do we bridge the gap between us and how do we get you where you want to be so that the company is doing well, you feel like you're thriving and you're prospering and your position here and you feel like I'm leading you in, in the right direction. That's amazing. I, I, there is so much here and we've talked about a lot already about, you know, what you can begin to do to negotiate your way out of uh, burnout. But one of the first places I think it has to begin is by you being clear or re-clarifying what your values are. Who are you? What's important to you? If that is not clear, if that boundary is blurred, then going back and clarifying that and saying, I value my time with my family, i.e. when I'm done working at 6 p.m., I'm done, right? I'm done. I'm not dealing with any feelings of guilt because I didn't respond on the emails on the weekends or I'm not just not dealing with that because I am clear on my boundaries and my values. So the first thing I advise leaders to do, if you're experiencing burnout, let's go back and take a look at your boundaries. Do you know what they are? Are you honoring your own boundaries? Because others cannot honor boundaries that you do not communicate and that you do not clarify. They can't, right? right. If you're not clear, they can't uh, assume that. So uh, this is a really good conversation. And I think where I want to go next as we begin to wrap up and close out is I want you each to just give some thoughts on how people can additional strategies um, that they can use to uh, navigate their way out of burnout or to even avoid burnout to begin with. I, I found some strategies um, as I was going through this. Uh, and so I'll share those now and then we'll go to our, we're going to uh, do our cup photo segment. But here in these strategies, um, it says there's some things that you can do. Seek business workplace solutions. This is the negotiation that we've been talking about, right? Having that negotiation. It's also self-care. Do you need a spa day? Do you just need some time off, right? Taking care of yourself. And that should be on you to decide. Uh, what is your nutritional habits, um, uh, your regular breaks, exercise, seeking balance in your life, i.e. clarifying those boundaries, uh, dealing with your mindset, and then uh, taking time off when you need it, and taking really detaching and taking time away fully. So those are some of the other strategies, but I want for uh, you all, uh, Marae and Nathaniel, to come up, just share what you would like folks to take away. But first, let's do our cup. Hold up our cup so I don't forget. Got it. Thank you. And then on the other side of this, we will begin our wrap up. 
And as you wrap up, just share what are some strategies that you want people to take away if they are experiencing burnout, headed towards burnout, what would you um, what would you share that they can use immediately going forward? And we'll talk about that on the other side of this. All right. So what did we put in everyone's cup out there today? This has been a fantastic conversation. I think we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, so I'm going to go to Marae first. Uh, Nathaniel, as we come to you, be sure you share your strategies and then also share how folks can connect with you um, if they want to learn more about some of the amazing work that you're doing. So, uh, so Marae, what are some uh, strategies for people if they are headed towards or in burnout? I, I just wanted to basically, you know, um, comment on the list that you put just before. And what we can see is act, those actions are, you know, we have to take action. We can't wait for any anyone else. And I, and I think that's, that's really the lesson of today is that the burnout, you own this burnout and you are the one who need to find a solution to get out of it. You know, you're not going to get it from anybody else. You're not going to get it from, you know, your wife or your anybody around you. You have to put, you know, the effort to think about how are you going to get out of it. And uh, one thing that I, I, you know, I like is the exercise. And, and I mentioned as well at the beginning is, you know, take a step back so you can take a break, go on holiday and, and come back. Because sometimes it's just, you know, you are in this noise and it's like you become uh, like a robot. You just do things that without thinking. So you have to get out of this state and, 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 and really think, you know, be by yourself and think about the direction that you want to give to your life. And we've talked as well about uh, uh, reevaluating your values and where you want to be. So those are really key things to, uh, to look at. But at the extreme, if you can't find those solutions, you probably have to go to a, a specialist that can coach you to, to go through this process of, you know, uh, re-establishing re yourself and reevaluating, you know, where you are and where you want to be. And that can be really powerful as well. So I think those are the key things that I've, I took from this, uh, from, from, I mean, there, there was a lot, but I think that's the key uh, for me. Thank you, Marie. I appreciate the fact that you mentioned that you don't have to go through burnout alone. If you are in the midst of burnout and uh, you're not quite sure how to get yourself out of it, um, then talk to someone, right? A coach, a specialist, a therapist, whoever you need, to, a friend or family member, someone who cares about you that's going to help you navigate your way forward so that you protect yourself, your well-being, and your sanity in the process. It's really important. So uh, thank you. Uh, Nathaniel, what did we put in your cup today? What do you want people to take away? I want people to take away the same sort of echoing what she just what Marie just said, having someone with you. Um, you don't have to experience burnout alone. You really don't. Um, and you're not the only one experiencing it. Someone has had the experience you had uh, that you are having or are going to have. And if you catch it early enough, you can avoid the potholes. 
one of the things my dad told me is like, look, you know, I will talk to you and I will mention some things old and some things new. But my hope is that I'm able to lead you in a way that you are able to avoid the potholes that I stepped into. So it's that that principle, having that leadership principle in place that says, hey, I'm going to be with you in this thing and we're going to do this together. And we're going to identify what the stresses are. We're going to identify what burnout is for you. And we're going to communicate in a way that's negotiable. And we both get what we essentially desire out of the relationship. So it's about my wife is big on this. It's about relationship over anything. And I've learned that mostly from her because she's been built that way. But it's about the relationship with the leader and the team. Without that there, with that line being mended together, sewn through not reward, not where agreement is the currency for the relationship, but when empathy is the currency for the relationship, then you have a place where people are thriving and leaders are happy to lead and they're doing it well. Mm, that is amazing. Thank you so much for that. And uh, and where leaders are happy to lead. I want to just, I think I'd be remiss if we don't just don't mention the fact that leaders burn out too. Yeah, so while you all are in the process of leading others in your organizations who are burned out, you also have to care for you who could Absolutely. be on the verge of burnout, right? I, I think that that is so important. We frequently talk about what the leaders need to be doing, but it's important that the leaders do what they need to do for them. So uh, Regina said, OMG, this show has been amazing. I will be able to recognize before stress and burnout begins to creep up on me. This is my responsibility. I love all the strategies posted. Thank you so much, Regina. That is fantastic. Glad you got something out of uh, this conversation, which was an important one. So I think for me, as I wrap up again, uh, recognition of yourself, check in with yourself. As Nathaniel says, ask a complete question, right? Ask yourself the questions. Have the statement, the conversation with yourself to recognize it, take ownership of it. And when you do that, then you can begin to move towards solutions. But Absolutely. you can't come up with solutions for things that you don't recognize are a problem or a challenge. So Absolutely. that's important. So I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Oh, yeah. Right. As always, this has been amazing. Nathaniel, thank you so much for joining us. How can people connect with you? Yes, actually, you can. Uh, I started a brand new Instagram page. My old one got hacked, so I just left oh, it to no. be. Uh, so you can catch me on uh, at the real Nathaniel Brown on Instagram. Uh, you can also check out my website uh, if you want to connect with me and do a discovery call or anything like that. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching or group coaching if you want to do something like that. Theperspectivecoach.us. Theperspectivecoach.us. You can also type that as the after the uh, slashes on LinkedIn. My profile will pull up on LinkedIn as well at linkedin.com slash in slash theperspectivecoach. Awesome. Thank you so much. So uh, Dr. Carla Rodering is out there watching. Thank you so much. Great and important conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, next week, we're going to have sort of a semi part two of this. And we have a lady coming on next week um, who is going to talk to us about what we what she calls a diary detox, a diary oh. detox. So that is going to be fun. You won't want to miss it. For my panel, stay tuned. You all are amazing. For everyone else out there, we thank you so much for joining us and tuning in for another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. If you have missed any portion of this conversation, you can go to YouTube and the entire replay is there and available for you. Um, in the meantime, between now and the next time we meet uh, next Saturday, continue to decide 
to choose, to be determined to lead above the grind. Mm -hmm. We'll see you all next week. Thank you so much.